we do bands, we do DJs, we do national acts, we do speed painters, character artists. We do the craziest things. If you think it, we've got it. And if we don't have it, we'll find it. We will not disappoint. That is our promise and commitment to everyone. And have a freezing day. Hi, this is Michael Dervich, VP of Breezen Entertainment and Productions. Thank you for joining us on our first episode of Breezen Chats. Today joining us is uh, Cindy Dervich with Breezen Entertainment, and we are going to be discussing how Cindy began her career and how Breezen got started and where they are today. Uh, today's guest, Cindy, is the owner and CEO of Breezen Entertainment and Productions, and I'm proud to call her my mom. Breezen Entertainment is a family-owned and operated business founded in 1988 and has been a top-tier entertainment provider in the Tampa Bay area for over three decades now. Uh, Breezen specializes in corporate, weddings, and social functions, working with organizations such as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tampa International Airport, Super Bowl, College Football National Championship, Price Waterhouse Corporation, Visit Tampa Bay, and over 2,000-plus brides throughout the Florida area. They were awarded the 2017 South Tampa Chamber of Commerce Small Business of the Year Award and are a licensed, bonded, and insured company creating memorable experience for you and your guests through live entertainment. Welcome, Cindy, and thank you for joining us. So happy to have you as our guest on our first episode of Breezing Chats. Thank you, Michael. I'm excited to be here and sitting across from you as my, my baby, all grown up. Um, I have a smile across my face that's so big, I wish everybody could see it. <laughs> well, everyone does see it. Everyone knows you very well throughout the Tampa Bay uh, community. You have a resume that is a mile long that really just shows what you've done throughout your life and just how far you have come. Um, so, you know what, let's just kind of kick it right off. Cindy, tell me, tell me and tell, I mean, I know it, tell the viewers about yourself, where you come from, where you grew up, kind of give us a little insight of who Cindy Dervich is. I uh, came, I was born in uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and my family moved to Tampa, Florida when I was 10 years old. And I feel like I'm a native now because I've been here so many years. Got to grow up in South Tampa and uh, got involved in the community, went to all the local schools. Um, it just, I, I, it, I chuckle at myself because I went to Dale Mabry Elementary, Coleman, and Plan High School, and now my two sons also went through that same school system. Yes, we were all dolphins, cobras, and panthers together, that is for sure. And that's kind of crazy to me. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Cindy, so, I mean, yeah, you're a northern girl coming down to Tampa. How did you get started in the hospitality industries? I mean, kind of what lessons of customer service were instilled in your foundation through these jobs? Kind of, kind of answer that for me. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I went to school at the University of Florida. Don't hold that against me because my boys all went to Florida State. And um, school was really hard for me um, at a very young age. Well, actually, it wasn't a really young age in college. I was with dyslexic. And... I don't know back then we just never did anything about it but I just I always struggled in college and one summer I came home and my uh, mother and brother decided they wanted to buy a bar 
Uh, many of you might have known it. It was 42nd Street Station and um, it was on Bush Boulevard and 42nd Street. And that was it. I got the fever and I worked there for the summer and did everything you can possibly do. I mean, I was experiencing everything from opening and closing and half of the bar was a Philadelphia steak sandwich restaurant and the other half was a nighttime was a disco. So I helped my brother with that and I never went back to school. Very disappointing for my mother, but I found my joy. I found what I was passionate about and kind of, Midway through that experience, I um, I guess maybe I did a good job, and I was approached a few times. Our our on Forty Second Street, the parking lot that was adjacent to it was uh, Bush Gardens, and that's where all the employees parked. And uh, all the managers used to come in and eat the steak sandwiches uh, during the day and have lunch, and we would talk and we would we would chat. And I was always interested in Bush Gardens and what it had to offer, and. Uh, one of the um, human resources directors had, you know, came to me, sat down with me, and he asked me if I would be interested in coming over to the park to work. And I had to take a deep breath, and I went, gosh, you know, maybe that's another opportunity I should explore. So that's uh, that was my next big step into the hospitality world. So you were in the family business at 42nd Street Station with mm-hmm. your brothers and your mom. Yep. And then all of a sudden, this big theme park may not have been big at the time, but Bush Gardens comes around. Yeah, and, it was pretty big. And, and then what happened with that? Well, what happened was that I got hired, and I got hired to go into the um, into the food service department, which. I guess that it thought that was a natural fit since I was running a, a, a steakhouse restaurant at the, the station. And it was amazing. It was a whole different ball of wax. Um, and I was the supervisor of Area 2, which was the Smokehouse Restaurant, Bazaar, Zambezi, and there was an ice cream um an ice cream with soft ice cream. I, I don't remember the name of it. It might even still be there. And I um, just really learned the ins and outs of working with line employees and young people and really loved it. And I found that the customer service piece was another piece that I just felt really natural at talking to all the guests and making sure I. I wanted to make sure they were having a wonderful time and that the food was good, but also their experience in the park was what their expectations were. Yeah, when people go to an amusement park, that makes sense. They want to have that customer service. They want to have that experience that that they'll remember forever with their family. So you were able to provide that for them, weren't you? Yeah, I really was. And, and then the other thing I really learned were, because we just certainly didn't have them at our uh our home a business at the bar and the restaurant was procedures in place and uh, rules and ways that bigger companies, um, corporations worked. So that was really eye-opening to me that there were really, really ways to hire people and to, to manage people and to guide people and to mentor them. So that was something that I, I felt really good about it. I felt like I did a good job at it. So that's kind of some of the things you uh, learned in Area 2 of Bush Gardens. At Area 2 of Bush Gardens. The customer service yeah. and the experience and how to really provide 
that little extra feel for your for yeah. your, your guests that you've met. Absolutely. Anything uh, anything else yeah. after after Bush Gardens or after well, going just back to Bush Gardens? One thing I learned very quickly at Bush Gardens was I did not like wearing the brownie uniform, and I was in the smokehouse restaurant quite often, and I like to before I was even allowed to come back in the house, uh, I had to take my whole uniform off. My husband would have a robe there ready for me <laughs> so that, because it would really, when if you've never worked in a smokehouse before, um, it just gets in your hair, it gets in your clothes, and it's it's kind of interesting. So I knew that was something I did not want to do for the rest of my life. Was it be in the food industry? No, not the food industry, but to, to not be... I knew I wanted to be in the hospitality industry and work with tourism and and with people, but I, I, I knew that I really did not want to work in a restaurant all the time after that experience. Uh -huh. and, and then an opportunity came up at, at Bush Gardens and these two really amazing young ladies who used to sell tickets for the park because that's how they used to do it. They would go to the hotels and they would commission tickets to the uh, convention bureau and to everybody that uh, had guests in their hotel so they could buy discounted tickets to get to the park. And a um, these two young ladies, Donna and Marilee Caravelli, they were brilliant. And they came up with an idea that the park used to open like at 10 o'clock in the morning and close at five. And the park was thousands and thousands of square feet of beautiful gardens and probably one of the most beautiful zoo that you would ever want to see with the different animals. And they decided they wanted to present to the corporation that they wanted to sell the park at night for events. Mm -hmm. And I used to watch them walk around the property with clients and I used to go, gosh, I want to do that. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to create events at, I thought it would be at Bush Gardens. Very cool. Yeah. So like you really, it's pretty crazy to see that Bush Gardens really didn't have the event side of it while you were there. And Nick was kind of, you got to see that as a baby transformed to what Bush Gardens is is today, which is pretty, pretty unbelievable. It was very cool. And I had an opportunity to, um, they, so they'd started it. And these two young ladies, I wanted to work with them. So we, um, they were ready to hire. It took some time to build it up. And I, I wanted to be their event coordinator. And a job was posted, like, in corporations, they have to post things. They can't just handpick somebody. And I went in for an interview, and it was really sad to me that because I worked in the food service part of it, that they could not envision me doing anything else but be working in the restaurant. So I did not get that job at the time, but it put a bug. I got a bug. Yeah. And from there, I knew I wanted to work in some event space or a hotel, which um, I started to put my thinking cap on and, and look what my next strategic move was gonna be. Yeah, and what was that next strategic move that you came up with? Well, I worked at Bush Gardens, I think for like, oh God, four or five years. And then I lived, like I told you earlier, at South Tampa, and there was a brand new hotel going up on the corner of 
Weshore and Kennedy. And I would drive by it every day on my way home from work. And I kept saying, you know, I want to work there. And there was a number finally got put up once the hotel got got to a certain point where they were going to start hiring um, employees. So I started calling the number and I got a hold of one evening. This was very being just persistent. Many, many times I called, nobody answered. Finally, I called and a Mr. Eli White, who became my mentor, and he finally talked to me and he said, listen, we're not hiring anybody for like another three, four months. Call me back. And of course, he, he didn't even ask if I had a resume. He just asked me, what do I do? And I was telling him what I did at Bush Gardens. And then I got this feeling that maybe he was locking me into the food service industry too. And he said, do you want to be in the restaurant in business? Do you want to be in the banquet side of it? I said, no, I want to sell. I didn't know that's what I meant, that I wanted to sell the property. Yeah. So he just kept saying, you know, Cindy, just call me back in another month. So I would call religiously the same day of the month, the same time. He'd answer the phone and go, hey, Cindy, because I was just, I knew I wanted to work at that property. I mean, that's just so brave of you to, to keep the persistency of just keep calling and keep calling. I mean, you get so many people these days that, that say, yeah, give me a call back in a month. Give me a call back in two yeah. months. And people don't follow up with that, but you you show that if you follow up, good things will happen. To they you. will happen, and I tell my team that today too. Um, it's it's a attitude. It's a when you find your passion, other people will feel it as well. And so finally, Eli answered the phone. He goes, "Okay, fine, come on in." So I went in for a conversation. It really wasn't an interview. He had always told me he was going to hire me. He just did, he wanted to make sure I found the right fit from. He wanted to find the right fit for me, yeah. and uh, we decided I would be an outside rep for the Lincoln Hotel. So the Lincoln Hotel was the second hotel that was close to a four-star hotel. The Marriott Weshore was the first one built in that area. Yeah. And I got to open the Lincoln Hotel as my first job. And that's the one that's that was right off of uh, Kennedy and West Shore, right, right across it was, the, uh, the West Shore Mall yeah, now? At one time, it was called the uh, International Hotel. Intercontinental? No, uh, International in Hotel. Okay. And it was a real, um, gosh, it was a historic almost piece of uh, hotel on this property, which once they knocked it down, it was amazing. Now sits there Urban One business center and urban two business center in the middle of that hotel is in the middle of those two office towers is the hotel and just for some of you that are listening on top of that if you're not because you wouldn't know it as the lincoln right now i think it's called the west shore hotel mm -hmm. but on top of that hotel is the center club now so um they started me in outside sales wasn't sure what i was going to do and we had a beautiful ballroom. It was it was just a really beautiful hotel, and it got it was then became the Lincoln Hotel, and it was a um, a property that uh, there was Lincoln Management, and they bought it and they decided to create a boutique hotel, and I got to work there and open it up, and that was an experience of a lifetime. Um, I never knew 
what it takes. I, you know, I had no experience like that. Working for my family, you worked hard and a lot, but this was this was so much different and bigger than me. Yeah, this was, you're working in, uh, in a corporation now. Yeah. You're working for people. You're not working for your family. You yeah. have bosses that you need to live up to the expectations of that. And I know, I know you've always told me this, that you absolutely loved the corporate world. Loved it. Something that you could have never seen yourself getting out of. Exactly. And I mean, from Bush Gardens corporate, doing the events there corporate, the Lincoln Hotel corporate, how did you get started into the current field that you are today? Like, When did the entrepreneur bug bite you? What compelled you to become the entrepreneur that you are? Well, got to be honest, Michael, I never had a desire to own my own business. I never even knew what that that was to look like. You're right. I did like corporate America. I liked um, challenging everybody there. Uh, I was a little feisty. So we had goals and we had budgets. And I remember I... Um, I grew up the ladder at the Lincoln quite quickly. I went, you know, from an outside sales manager to the inside sales catering manager to um, an assistant director of catering and then a director of catering. In so um, you really climbed up the ladder. Yeah, there. probably in like three years. I was really young. I was like that's that, fast. Yeah, that was fast. <laughs> I I started there, you know, in three years. So I started there when I was like twenty five, and then I was, you know, it was twenty eight. Um, I had uh, gotten married. And um, I, my husband, I have to give my husband all the credit for this, uh, for what I've done. I never knew I had it in me to do it. And he always pushed me. But another person that always pushed me was my mom. My mom saw big things for me. She saw my name in lights. And she just thought that I just could do anything I put my my heart and soul into. And... Um, I uh, got married, as I said. I worked at the Lincoln Hotel, which then turned into the Sheraton Grand. And that's where I became the director of catering there. And then my husband went, I got pregnant with my first son, um, Jeffrey. And I had all intentions on coming uh, back to the corporate world when I went on maternity leave. And um, the first time I did go back, uh, I was on maternity leave for... Uh, for um, 12 weeks and when I went to go back my husband really didn't want me he was a little old school and he really wanted me to stay home and raise our children and be you know be be, be very um, present with my kids so I I wanted that too and I stayed home for a year with Jeffrey and it was amazing and I then got a call from uh, the it was the Lincoln and the Lincoln got bought by the Sheraton uh, Grand and they asked me to come back and my husband was a little taken back by it it's DVD and I said you know it's really something I want to do but I'm going to make it work I'm not going to back in those days and, and and I think even today too if you're in sales or you're in management and especially the hotel world it has changed greatly but the hours were insane they were 60 and 70 hours a week and um, he just wanted to make sure that I found a way to balance that. So I remember when I went back, we had a conversation and I told them, you know, I this has to be an eight to five job. I can't work past five o'clock. I have a family now 
and I get it if you can't hire me, but these, this is just something that's important to me. But I promise you that I will put what more people can put in an eight hour day. Um, I'll put 15 hours into an eight hour day because if everybody looks around, you know how much time can be wasted in, in your offices with chit chat and now with the phones. And so, um, they agreed that, that I could work from eight to five, eight thirty to five. And then I felt bad. I walked in on my first day. My, um, secretary had two children and she had to work until the job was done. And, uh, one of my other sales managers had children. So here I come with the new rule and now I'm working eight to five. And I remember my husband calling me on that first day going, Cindy, it's five o'clock grab your briefcase and you need to leave now or they'll never believe it. So I did and I, I I felt really bad about that. I felt like there were other people that should deserve that as well. So when I came back, I wanted to change that. I wanted everybody to have what I had, the people that I worked with. So I, I tried to make some flex time for my team so that they could enjoy their families and make sure that they can get to the things that I wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, you have to have that work-life balance that um, that you're comfortable with, something that obviously everyone has a, has a life outside of work. So back in the day, you're saying 15 hours. I mean, there's people that still do that today, but you just have to find that work-life balance, to. which you do a great job here at Breezen with. You, Thank you, you allow your <laughs> You allow your um, employees to uh, you're very open if they need something they need a little time off they need an extra 30 minutes for lunch or anything like that you really step up and you give it to them no questions asked i mean it's just something that really does make you a great boss to work with i mean i've only been here for six or seven months now but i really have seen that um since i've been here so kudos to you on that and and picking that up from from your prior work experiences um speaking of prior work experiences Tell me um, about some of your mentors or role models that have given you tools from their experiences that have impacted you today. One of them was really the flex time and being very um, compassionate and patient came from my first boss at the Lincoln Hotel, and that was Mary Lath. And she was way ahead of her time. And she believed that as well, that this, this 80 hours a week, 70 hours a week is, was insane. So she taught me to teach, to enjoy life and enjoy your work, that there is a balance from it. So that when I, when I decided to start, uh, you asked before, and I don't know if I really answered it, how I started was that I came home on maternity leave when you were born. And I had all intentions on going back. And this time I cleaned my desk out and I brought home a bunch of cards and a bunch of things because someone had to use my desk to sell. And I wanted to go back to work and, but I wanted to stay home as well. And I, I actually called my general manager up and I I had asked him, I said, I, I I don't want to come back full time, but I want to be a part of this. Can we job share? I have somebody that I found that I can job share my position as a director of catering. And he was not open to it. Now, this was 30 years ago, and people weren't doing that then, but I knew it would work. 
and he was not um, he wasn't open to it so I was a little devastated because I really wanted to stay home with Michael like I did with my son Jeffrey and then my husband said let's start an entertainment agency and I was going what are you talking about and he goes I go I got to go to New York I got to go research it I got to do a business plan I have to do all my homework and he said no Cindy just do you and I said okay and I did that I just did me we I got a desk and I put it in the baby's nursery and I opened the phone book and started looking for different entertainment and what was in the phone book that was like that was 30 years ago so I called all my counterparts by now there were like four or five hotels the Hyatt downtown was in place the Marriott was in place the um the Vinoy came came aboard in St. Petersburg and then the Lincoln was here and then uh, there was the Admiral Bimbo and um, I called my counterparts and I just asked them I said I'm thinking about doing this um, and becoming a booking agent what do you think I said do you know do you, would you have any need for someone that can supply you great service for your clients and different styles of entertainment like bands and DJs and still drummers and my first client was, I talked to the first man, director of catering I talked to was over at the Marriott on West Shore. And he said, you know, Cindy, let me think about it. The next day, Michael, my phone started ringing off the wall. The five hotels I called said, I just got a call for a harpist. Do you have any harpists? And I'm going, yeah, sure, I have a harpist. And then before I knew it, I was like looking for harpists. And this is really... <laughs> so you were promising him all this stuff. And at the moment, at the time when you said yes, did you have anyone? Well, I didn't have a harpist, but what I had was my husband, who was a musician. And he... Stevie D. Stevie D. He came down here from uh, New Jersey as well, but uh, several years after I did. And he was the house band at the Columbia Restaurant. That's actually where I met him in a band called Street Beat. He's the one that encouraged me to do this craziness. And he's kind of guided me, like, you know, just just pick up the phone book, call a few people. So I found somebody in the phone book. I guess the phone book is today's internet, but I was a rare commodity. There weren't a lot of entertainment agencies um, back then. Now, you know, my, my experience was to build relationships so I would talk to somebody on the phone a harpist in particular and then I would invite them in for coffee and we would have conversations I vented them back then they would come to my home and or I would go to them and just get to know them because I didn't want to just send anybody out to my for my clients I felt like that was so important to make sure there are as in any um, business or in any uh, uh, venture you never know who you're hiring, but we had to make sure that we were hiring people that could produce what I was selling that would showcase us well. So then I got people calling me for bands and I didn't have a band. And I went, I need a band. So I told my husband, we need a band. So my girlfriend was the Food and Beverage Director at the Avril Bimbo. Stevie D put together our first house band and we, they rehearsed there, and Avril Bimbo is right across from the Marriott West Shore. Okay. It's now the Holiday Inn, I believe. I'm not 
And that was quite an experience. So all of a sudden, now not only is the hotel calling me for entertainment, they decided that I should just talk to the clients directly. So then that's how we kind of got in the wedding business. They had brides getting married and they wanted entertainment. So we would bring them to the Emerald Bimbo to hear the band. And that band was called the Breezin Band. The first Breezin Band. The first Breezin Band. It was our house band. That is uh, the name of our company, which my husband also... Yeah, how, uh, did the, how did the name Breezin come about? I mean, it's a very unique name, um, something that I, you really don't hear every day. But tell me, tell me the kind of the story, the background story of how, how you came up with this name. Actually... Stevie one day said, let's just call the company Breezin. I go, gosh, it doesn't tie into anything. He goes, well, I love it. It's an Al, um, uh, I forget who it is, uh, uh, Benson, George Benson song, Breezin in the Wind. And I went, okay, it's Breezin. So when I look back 30 years later, I'm going, it really, it's, you know, how do you brand that now? So we, we, we did brand it. But that's how the company got its name. And then we started our mantra from it. We want to make your event a breeze. So um, we were there to do just that, to help the clients take the pain out of booking entertainment. So you kind of talk about the pain and stuff like that. I want to kind of circle back just a little bit and talk about, uh, you did talk about Breeze and Provides, DJs and bands. But uh, tell me a little bit more about the, the operation of the business and some of the other services that, uh, that, you, that we do provide for clients. Yeah, we are now, um, we're 30 years in, we are so fortunate that a lot of my um, things that I did back then, I'm still doing. I feel it's really important to vent the entertainment. Uh, the entertainers are a big piece of what we're selling. We're really, we're booking entertainers, but we're selling a service. And the service is that we are going to take the pain out of booking it. So anybody that wants a theme party or they want a national act or anything from a small violinist to a orchestra. Full on production. Full on production. I wasn't doing all of that before. I was sticking to just the entertainment, but we were getting asked by many clients, Will you book the transportation? Will you book the, uh, you know, the uh, limousines, the photographers, the florists? And I don't do that very often and didn't then, but when um, it just became asked so often that Jesse Smolinski, who's been with me for 10 years, came to me about two, two years ago. Uh, I hired her as a very young girl and She's going on actually 10 years this year in March and proud to have her as part of my team. And um, she's now my uh, director of events. And she said, Cindy, it is so foolish that we don't do the month of wedding coordinating. And um, that was a passion in hers. And I wanted her to fulfill her dreams as well. So we started that slowly. We didn't advertise it. She'd been doing it for eight years with us and on her own. And we turned it into, this is our second year doing it as a full service inter, uh, full service wedding month of coordinating. And we're really proud how she's handling it. Yeah, she's doing a great job with that. I mean, speaking with her directly, she's something that she is absolutely passionate so about. So passionate about she it. She loves working with the brides and the grooms. And she loves the... Uh, 
to relieve that stress of a bride of the day of the wedding um, and making sure that everything's run perfectly to how they like it. So, I mean, I'll give her kudos as well. She is an amazing woman that we do have on our team and uh, we couldn't uh, have gotten this far without her, I do not think. No, I know. I know <laughs> I couldn't get out, get there without her. She really has developed into a, you know, she started, we didn't, she, she knocked on my door one day. She sent a resume. I, I didn't respond. And, and that's something I'm now making sure I do more often that um, she's, uh, she's just so passionate about it. Yeah, she she really is, and um, her being the director of uh, director of events. I know that that we do th- over three thousand events a year. I want to get in your opinion. Name me some of the exciting projects uh, that you have worked on or that you're working on uh-huh. right now. Yeah, right now we are. Um, we've been fortunate through the years. We're part of the uh, Visit Tampa Bay, so we've done a lot of big conventions that have come into town. We've done a lot of sporting events. We've had the privilege of working with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for many years, the uh, New York Yankees, uh, the Rays, um, and uh, this year we we with the uh, football we've gotten to do quite a bit. We've done the two Super Bowls that have been in Tampa. And uh, got to travel to Atlanta. We're expanding our horizons. We're in Atlanta. We're in Miami and Fort Lauderdale area. And uh, did the college playoff games last year there? Did the national championship last year? Yeah. That's when you lived in Atlanta. You assisted with us. That one up. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, this year we're going back for Super Bowl. Very very excited about that. Yeah. I mean that's just that's just some some big things there. Is there any new trends or anything that you see coming in in the future years? Well, one of the things that I do see trends, uh, last year when my husband's band retired and uh, we felt like we needed to have a house band. So we produced, I produced a band called 813 Live. It's kind of like our new Breeze and Band, but very contemporary, very today. You can check them out on our website if you want to see them. And they're, they're wonderful. And then this year... Um, we created another um, new product called the DJ Fusion Band, and that, that is interesting. Yeah, we um, we've been getting a lot of a lot more calls for bands again, and bands can get very costly, and so we're able to take a DJ and infuse it, infuse it, infuse <laughs> it with a couple live musicians. So we're doing right now anything from a DJ and three musicians. We could do a solo musician up to a a whole band playing with the DJ. It's very hot right now. Uh, The Knot and the Wedding Wire said it was, I was producing this before it came out in the wedding wire in the knot but that it was a big trend for 2019. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty unbelievable brand that you put together there with the DJ the DJ and then adding in a live drummer a live conga player a live saxophone it kind of gives the uh the fusion I guess is what it's called of that live band mixed in with the yeah. DJ playing over his it's very tracks. exciting it's, it is an exciting we went to a party a nace party which we provided yeah. that for and, and actually that's and where we rolled it out amazed by it yeah, yeah it's very we, cool when we did roll it out yeah yep. um in the next Let's say over the, or over the past five to ten years, um, I'm sure business has, has changed um, from 30 years ago even. 
kind of talk me through how the operations have changed, technology integrations, kind of tell me what you've seen different and maybe what you see to come in the future as well. Yeah, we, um, technology is it, you know. Um, we, in 2008, when the market crashed, we had been in business for almost 12 or 15 years, uh, and that was devastating. And I remember saying to myself, I had to let a couple team members go and saying to myself, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do? So I went and I sat on the beach. I came back and I went back to my basics, basic one-on-one, picking up the phone, calling clients, making sure uh, we provided the best customer service, whatever, whatever was needed. I got accused of being on a fire sale and I was like, if that's what it takes to keep my doors open in this terrible time, then I'm doing it. I kept a lot of people employed, independent contractors and a few team members. And we started, as the economy got better, people still got married. So weddings became our thing. And we did a great job at weddings and we continue to do that. But that people felt Somehow, even in those bad times, people really wanted to get married and have a connection in those hard times. So that was the first thing, just always going back to basic one-on-one. And then the internet changed everything. It was my phone book. The phone book was the phone book. It's all, They're just different ways now. Now it's the internet. And the internet was exciting and is exciting and Everybody popped up. Everybody was a DJ. Everybody wanted to book themselves, but nobody was playing on the same uh, playing field. And in the state of Florida, you need to be licensed, bonded, and insured. Um, It is a felony to book entertainment in the state of Florida without having a license. Wow. Yeah, crazy. (laughs) But so we just, um, just started building relationships. That's where it was always at was the relationship with one-on-one with people and those people are still in the industry i have clients that i've been with for 30 years i have entertainers that have worked for me for 30 years Uh, i think you've met several of them in the last six months since you've been here but as far as the change and where we're going technology two years ago i decided we had to go paperless and i was scared to death i'm a paper girl and we are now totally 95% paperless and everything's in the cloud wherever the heck that is I do not know where that cloud is and God hopes that that cloud never crashes but we are now in the position today I had some appointments in Clearwater and I had so much work to do but I was able to work remotely and that that still puts a smile on my face every time because that's just something that wasn't there then. And so uh, I'm very proud of my team. We've kept up. We went on to new databases. I had a database that was 25 years old. And we are now current and have marketing tools. And just uh, if you if people haven't stayed current, they're out of the game. They haven't gotten into the, the um, social media game they're going to be left behind. I truly believe that. Yeah, I mean, internet and social media, I mean, in the past 10, 12 years has just skyrocketed. And 
if like you said if you're not on social media now you will fall behind and you'll become non-existent yeah those have already fallen behind you're right many have many many don't want to uh come to the realization that they have to especially the older group there's a lot of older people that don't want to go and become active on social media and it's really really will hurt them now and in the long run if they're keeping a business above water trying to yeah you're right I know you've mentioned a few times uh, about your team and you've mentioned about Jesse and a little bit about me. Why don't you tell everyone that's listening who's on your team, maybe what they do and just kind of give me yeah. give me all that. I um I have a wonderful team. I have uh, a actually I want to start a little backwards because the two other members that are on my team were are in, they were hired as interns. So I have um, a huge internship program that I started um, back, gosh, I think it might be 15 years ago already. And it was really... I've been out of college for almost eight, uh, six years now. And I know that a lot of people that you had interned for you when I was there. So it has to be right around 10 years now. Yeah, it's been a good 10 years. And I have about four interns a semester. And my goal is just to help these young people, these... I love the Millenniums. I am proud of them. They are amazing. They are brilliant and they excite me. And the two young ladies on my team, Gina, is uh, been with me going on four years. And what does Gina do for you? Gina is in sales and she is amazing, but she started out uh, first semester as an intern. I didn't even notice her. And then because uh, somebody took her under their wing. And then the second she came and talked to me and asked me if she could stay a second semester, she was a little quiet at the time. She was young. She was 20 years old. She stayed another semester. And now, four years later, Gina is one of my top salespeople, a wonderful young lady that I am very, very proud to have by my side, um, has great um, character and morals has good work ethic she's passionate about what she does she loves her job Uh, and i just makes me smile it makes me really really happy and then i have bella who came to me last december not this past december last december and started as an intern as well and fell in love with her and she became my um my sales assistant and she has also taken on becoming a role in the wedding division as a wedding coordinator lead. And she's also blossoming. It's been a year that she's been with me, and I'm also grateful for her. And there's a, um, and I'm grateful for Michael. I really, really am. I can pitch, I, I have to pinch myself that he called one day and said, uh, I'm coming home. And here you are. And you said, what are you going to do? And I said, what are you going to do? So what do you mean? I'm coming home to work at Breezen. Come on now. Oh, my goodness. And then there's one last person that I have to um, mention is uh, someone that really helped me um, change my world in these times of hard times. And that was my, uh, that is my oldest son, Jeffrey. He has an office in my building and he has become my business mentor. And uh, I am just so proud of him. I made changes. It was a hard time for for me a couple years ago. I said something's not right here with this whole picture. And I cleaned house. 
I fired my CFO, I fired my lawman, I fired my website guy, I fired the mailman. I just fired anybody that came in place that did not make me feel good about my business or the good vibes. All I wanted to be was around people that were passionate, exciting, and positive. And that is exactly what my team is to me today. Yeah, you really, really have a great team here and you really have set some um, some great values for people to kind of live by and kind of um, take in. So I want to ask, in your business and uh, that, you, that you've started and had for 30 years now, how did you get it to become so successful? What are some of maybe the core values that, uh, that drive the company um, of Breezen? Well, the first thing I wanted to, to, to mention is that I, ha- I did have some hard times. And I think what happens is as a salesperson, that was my first love with sales, that I wasn't paying attention to the back of the house. So any advice I could give anybody is that it is totally, when a mistake is made, it is totally the CEO or the owner or president or whatever title I call myself, that it's totally my my responsibility. So that's when I said two years ago I, I did that is because I wasn't taking responsibility for my own company and the destiny of it. So that is some advice I give to any small business especially. I can now tell you proudly that I am a CEO of my own company and uh, looking at the daily daily operations to make sure that everything is in check to be successful. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I wished I really had more of was really sales training. I, um, I winged things. But in today's world, and I'm encouraging my team to read, listen to podcasts, there's so much free education out there for you to become better at whatever you want to do. All you have to do is Google it or YouTube, and they will teach you how to do everything. And I really, really encourage that with my team. Nice. Um, I mean, you kind of just talked about my next talking point of what advice would you give someone who's interested in starting their own business? I mean, you really have to be determined to take responsibility and uh, you have to be able to drive in core values for a business and that just kind of let it let it go. It's going to run its course and whatever happens, you have to be able to adapt and you have to be able to step up to the challenge yeah. when, it, uh, when it when it comes up. So that's... Uh, how that. you handle the um, the problems are what define you. I mean, their problems are going to happen, and how you handle them is what's going to make you a better operator, smarter operator. Um, I never looked at my glass half empty. I always looked at our glass half full, and I think that if you're going to start your own business and think it's a nine to five job, you're kidding yourself. Don't do it. It doesn't happen that way. It is actually, it's kind of funny because we sat down as a team and talked about our core values. Um, and we decided that after all is said and done from our, um, from our name reason that there is where our core values lied. And, uh, we did B, we, because I feel blessed. R is that you have to be reliable. And these don't only 
these core values are not only for the business, they're for you personally in your personal lives and for my team. The E is for experience, E for eventful. We have a Z in breezing and it couldn't be more perfect to say that you need some Zen in your life to be at peace, not to get, um, you need to be understood and you need some quiet time and to create what you envision and what your team envisions. And then the I is for inspired. The end is never ending. And the little mark behind Breezin, when you work with Breezin, you will receive an event experience beyond expectations as the team at Breezin go above and beyond to meet clients' expectations. That is that is awesome, Cindy. I, uh, I really want to thank you for uh, all you've done for me. And I want to let you know that I, I love you. What you've done with this business is absolutely amazing. Started it before I was even created. And um, you've done such a great job. I hope other people around the community, around the world, really, uh, really notice it. And you need all the kudos that you can get because you are a, an entrepreneur that's really succeeded. You know, you have these entrepreneurs now that, that try and do it and they, they fail after one, two, three months, years. And you have kept it strong and kept it going for 30 years. And I'm sure a lot of people around me in the Tampa Bay community thank you for, for having this business here and, and sharing your special skills with, with, uh, with everyone else. So I want to I thank you for that. that. That's awesome. And you know, Michael, I want to ask you a couple questions. May I do that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> this was... Uh, so, Turning the interview into an interview. Yeah. So I was just wondering when, you know... We talk a lot. When you came, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do with you? Where, where do I begin? And uh, I put you in boot camp. Like we're sitting right next to each other. Yep, two six, feet away. Two feet away. And six months later, I have watched all your light bulbs go on, watched all the experience that you learned in, in, your, um, in your career in Atlanta. What do you see for Breezen? I see Breezen growing for another 30 years. There is so much um, out there in the world of entertainment. Everyone is always going to be having a party or always going to be needing some type of entertainment that I don't see this dying at all. A lot of people say that parties are being done away with, especially in the, in the rough economic times. But uh, with the team that we have today, I really see Breezen growing and expanding every day we're thinking of new ideas of how to like your dj fusion that you've came up with how to incorporate different styles of music different styles of genres so i mean i see that uh that we are going to be all right in the future here it's not something that's dying i mean we're going to carry it uh for another 30 years when i was up in atlanta um you saw so many different i worked at the georgia aquarium the Woodruff Art Center, the High Museum. There's so many people out there that are so talented and they really don't know that they're talented. You have these singers and people that play musicians, but they don't they don't know that there's an agency out there that, that can get you jobs that if you wanna if you wanna be a part of it. So I mean I uh, I'm I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be working for you and with you. And uh, I just thank you for accepting me to come back. Ah, oh, I love it. <laughs> thank you, Michael. Thank you, guys. And like we always say, everyone, have, have a breezing day. day.